This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going all good all under control still on tenterhooks you've been Above and beyond the duty and protecting the outcome of the uh, the marketing <laughs> awards, so uh, I'm out there with the rest of the ducks in the dark. But I'm I'm actually really excited about you know, the the fruition, which I think uh, comes yeah. in a week's time. Gordon. Week's time yeah. also, yeah. Like I'm looking. Yeah, forward we'll to announce that. it, and you know, we'll do uh, a bit of a wrap up in that, uh, so that you know our listeners can be part of that conversation and see who are really the top of the pops for for this year's marketers awards. So thanks. No, excellent. Yeah, great. But I mean, today uh, it's one of your one of your mates and uh, on. Onto media and research, eh, Gordon? No, media research, and but more specifically, we've got uh, Johan Costa from the Marketing Research Foundation. He's the CEO of the of the MRF, and and it's a very strong marketing initiative. So not that distant uh, in terms of its derivation or where it comes from. Um, I'm going to leave Johan to talk about uh, you know that kind of thing, but. First of all, welcome from, from Cape Town, where he assures us he's not on the beach. He <laughs> actually is in his office. Johan, thanks for joining us this morning. Morning, morning, Gordon, um, and morning, Doug. No, thank you. Uh, it is a lovely day in Cape Town, and I'm, I'm happy to, to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. And and just to reassure me again, that sound in the background is not waves, that's the coffee machine. <laughs> it is It is the coffee machine. Excellent. Okay. No I just want to check on you, because I think I've had a couple of visual zooms with you, and you looked suspiciously relaxed. Um <laughs> But Johan, take us through, I mean, the, the big event uh, is, the, is the launch of MRF Marketing Research Foundation map survey to your subscriber base last week. And then we're going to talk a bit about that because we have an equally big occasion coming up on Thursday, uh, today that is, uh, which will be the, uh, the industry's uh, chance to have a, have a look at uh, the new maps data and top line only, but just take us through the journey you've been on because you've been there from day one 
from the closure of AMPS, uh, the last AMPS 2015 closure in 2016, to where we are now. Can we? Can you give the, the listeners a bit of a, a background to the journey? We have had already um, on the uh, previous podcast, we had Safisa Falala from Plus94, so we've had a little bit of a sniff of it, but obviously this has now come to fruition. So take us through that journey. Thanks, Gordon. Yes, um, I think firstly we're very excited to to finally be um, in the position to to um, release MAPS, the, the long-awaited kind of single-source replacement survey to AMPS. Um, as you've mentioned, AMPS um, kind of demised in 2015, um, and it was a result of, you know, I don't want to go into the history too, too much, but there was I think some some unhappiness around the research and how things were done and managed in those days. Um, the South South African Audience Research Foundation that was responsible for AMPS in those days were then kind of dissolved, and the Marketing Research Foundation was established. Um, and the Marketing Research Foundation has as its members the you know the Advertising Media Forum, the Association for Communication and Advertising. And the Marketing Association of, of South Africa. And the main goal of, of the MRF is really to provide um, rich um, consumer research to, to marketers and media planners and the like that was and fill that gap that was left by the demise of, of AMPS. So it has taken a huge amount of effort. And you've mentioned that I've been there from, from the beginning, which I have, but I think I'd also shout out to Greg Garden, who as um, unfortunately no longer with the MRF, but you know, with Archroom's efforts and, and dedication, we would not be where we are today. So the, the the maps research, as I said, is there to replace AMPS, but it's not the old AMPS uh, kind of research. We've looked at the old AMPS research, we've modernized it, we've re-engineered it, we've refreshed it, we've there are a lot of new insights um, and information that we can now glean from from the data. Um, and it was a long road to get to the point where we could actually go into field, which we did last year. And we completed the first six months worth of data collection in December 2020. And the event you spoke about that uh, happened in Thursday past was when we released the data to our subscribers. Um, and I think the difference from the old amps with as compared to MAPS, is that it's now a subscriber-based kind of model where you have to subscribe to gain access to the data. Um, the, the data is now available with subscribers, and then coming Thursday, we're doing a, a broader kind of industry release or industry showcase where we present uh, by way of a webinar to, to stakeholders. Anyone that's interested can join us and we'll give you a kind of sneak peek into what MAPS is all about, the kind of data you can get from MAPS. So yeah, I mean, it's been a long and exciting journey um, and we're happy, very excited to be here. Yeah, I think I think just to clarify that again, that, that's a critical point of difference, whereas AMPS was essentially an industry uh, resource which was available via the various software platforms. This is a subscriber-only uh, uh, research database but again accessibility through the normal sources so your uh, clear decisions your telmars your uh, 8020s all those normal software packages will service uh, the maps database yes of course um normal normal channels of delivery 
And also, if you're a subscriber and you prefer to have the raw data, we will also make the raw data available to for those that have for those who have the capacity to do so. Okay. Um, so we're happy to to do that. So one of the things we chatted about uh, with Safiso was, you know, the fact that you were in field during ostensibly COVID lockdown. So from July to December last year. Um, how, how do you, you think that impacts on, on the sort of the, not the reliability of the data, but, but more the validity of the data? Is it, is it something, uh, how, how did you sense check it um, over that six month period? Look, since, since checking it is a challenge because there is no data available in terms of this kind of size and comprehensive um, type of set, set of data. Firstly, um, most other data sets against which you can can since check it is pre is pre COVID. Um, we relied heavily though on some of the, the older data sets that we are aware just to get a sense of if we are in the ballpark, if mm. things are going according to plan. We since checked it against um, you know publicly available information such as you know stats SA data and the like. Um, but it was certainly it was certainly very interesting um, to be in field in during that time, and I think there was a huge question mark around whether we should go into field and not, you know, or not um, the, the impact that COVID would have on people's behaviour, and is it the right time to be in field? But at the end of the day, you know, the MRF board felt that COVID was going to be around for a while, um, and if we want to kind of track behaviour during such an uh, pandemic and track our way out of it, how we recover as, as consumers and, and as an economy, it would be good to be there in the thick of things and to continue measure as we as we move out of it. We had to obviously put in place a lot of measures around safety and, and uh, health and security and all of that to make sure that we're not, you know, jeopardizing yeah. anyone's health, but, but we managed to do that. So yeah, we can just reference, we'll reference the, the listeners back to the previous uh, podcast and that because we even put the video clips in there where we showed the interviews and that and, and how that was managed, which, which was very innovative. Um, just, I mean, I think, yeah, doctor, I would imagine the value of having something which happened in COVID and my initial thought yeah. was, okay, this, probably isn't a good idea i mean yeah. things like liquor and i know johan you've talked about liquor as being an interesting hotspot as well or fast food consumption might yeah. look very different but now that we move hopefully beyond that the chance johan of having a, a kind of a look at really in the middle of covid versus a post-covid breakout that's going to be an interesting journey so we, you know much as you're launching the first set of data the second set of data is going to be where a lot of the lights actually go on no, definitely, Gordon. And I think the nice thing about maps, which is also different from from the old AMS, is that it will become a tracking. It will become a tracking study as we go on. The, the big difference is that we release. We will be releasing data on a quarterly basis. Um, and once we get to the full data set, which will be which will contain a full twelve months worth of data, you'll be able to look at it by quarter by quarter. So if there are some you know tracking you need to do, um, you're able to compare quarter to quarter kind of um, outcomes and data and, and see if there are any changes, movements and behavior, any new trends that are appearing, you know, those kinds of things, I think would be very interesting to, to strategists and, and, and media planners and the like. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, Gordon, your point is, and I think you had well made uh, around the anomaly of, of last year, and we've, and we've spoken at length about that. So it would be great to have that. And then you can see, you know, I mean, as we all do, you know, you compare one period to the next period to see if there's an anomaly or whether there's a trend and, and, uh, and, and a line. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a question. So when you released uh, this to your subscribers last week, what was the sort of initial feedback? Uh, can you share that with us? Yeah, I think the immediate feedback was very positive. Um, of course, the proof will be in the pudding once you know once marketers and strategists and media planners have had an opportunity to to um, engage with the data and and um, interrogate the data. We'll be able to see if there are any anomalies that crop up, if there are any you know substantial queries that come out, um, and you know if there are things that we need to to look at, maybe some problem areas. We will do that. We. As our, assess, our own assessment of the data and uh, the scrutiny process that we've put it through has been, you know, quite intensive and, and we're quite confident in the data. Of course, we don't think it's going to be 100% accurate. No data is, but, um, you know, we think it's a fair reflection of, of what's happening out there. But overall, the, the, the reaction has been very positive. I think a lot of people are very excited to, to finally have some data to, to work with, some recent data to work with something as comprehensive as maps to work with. Yeah, the, 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 the quarterly release, I think, is is really an innovation which is long overdue. And uh, in an earlier podcast this week, we had Gary Whitaker talking about the release of RAMs and the fact that that data is going to kind of roll out, you know, ultimately on a monthly basis. So monthly radio, currency data, real-time television data, uh, your internet data, you know, being read, you know, kind of real time as well. We're moving into something which I think is critical. We, we've, you know, rather have smaller chunks of information more frequently than the the old method of a gigantic chunk of information once a year. Just really wasn't cutting it anymore. Um, you had just a quick question in terms of the quantum of the samples. What, what are we looking at as we roll through the initial phase, and then by the time we get to twelve months, in terms of the sample? So the, the MAPS um, fieldwork consists of two components. There's the, the face-to-face interview component, uh, which the total sample for a 12-month period will be 20,000 interviews. And then there is the branded diary kind of leave-behind questionnaire. It contains branded, branded information, some behavioral questions, uh, some intermediate questions and the like. Some of the new stuff um, is in that leave-behind uh, questionnaire as well uh, that we leave behind and then we go pick it up from the from the respondent a couple of days later um, or they can choose to do it online whichever their preference is the that we do half this the normal sample or not half the sample of that so for a full year that would be 10,000 okay. um, uh, 10,000 completions on that on that diary and it's then fused back into the 20,000 face-to-face interview interviews uh, you know, the process of fusion and, and kind of um, and filling the gaps in terms of getting to a full sample of 20,000 20, so that we have that full data set available after a year. So the release we did on Thursday was now for half the set, which was 10,000 face-to-face interviews and the 5,000 leave-behind diaries, which were fused into that. You also mentioned that, you know, the questionnaire has been modernized and re-engineered to meet uh, you know, current needs. What what are the, the sort of core changes you know in the questionnaire? 
No, they, I mean, there's a lot of lot of stuff that we have changed, and I don't want to go into all of it in, in detail. But some of the exciting stuff is the the we've added um, some behavioral questions. We've added questions around self-image. Um, we've looked at expenditure on specific items and activity activities, you know, things like DIY, how much do you spend on DIY, when do you do it, you know, how often do you do it, those kinds of things. Um, then uh, we've looked at the financial the financial questions, we've um, broadened that significantly, we've added questions around stock fails, for instance, um, you know, do you participate in a stock fail, what do you use it for, those kinds of questions. Um, the Internet section has been broadened. We've added uh, multi-platform behavior questions across media, and you know we now have over a hundred variations in terms of multi-platform behavior. So it's been quite extensive. The the the, the new um, questions that we've added, of course, we've kept the best of maps. So that basic. A set of uh, questions we've kept, and there will be a lot of familiarity around the data you get from from maps, very similar to AMPS, but there will be a lot more that is different and new. Yeah, and, I, and uh, you're quite right. We don't want to give away too many of the insights because that'll come out of the webinar um, on Thursday, the 25th. So um, looking forward to, to some of those as well. You know, um, talking about fusion, I mean, one of the areas where there has already been a lot of fusion is the Fusion 2020 study, which uh, includes the PRC's PAMs, which includes Nielsen's CPS data. So there's, a, there's an example of fusion there. And I know that, you know, you've already uh, been sort of two-nodding that process with, with the BRC, which is good. Going forward, I mean, where there are a couple of issues which you and I have chatted. Let's pick on the first one, the the issue of trying to get a common segmentation. You know, I have a view on LSMs and um, you know SEM and and where they can or should be going. That's going to be one area of of collaboration going forward. Give us a bit of an insight on how you see that happening, because somewhere during the course of 2021 we will be having the new. Uh, for lack of a better phrase, the new establishment survey. It's not going to be called that. It's going to be called something else. How, how do you see that common segmentation uh, initiative driving out? You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Um, Gordon, I think it, it's, it's going to be key to collaborate um, with all the, the the bodies that are involved in segmentation and, and uh, you know des the design and implementation of segment tools, segmentation tools. Um, as you've pointed out, the establishment survey has the SEMs, AMPS had the LSMs. Uh, both of both of those are actually still in use, um, even though you know AMPS haven't been around for, for a while. Um, and there are some commonalities between the two of them, but there are also some differences. And they, I mean, there's arguments to be made for and against both, as you've as you've pointed out. But our our, our approach is that we really need something that's to the best um, in the best interest of the industry and to the best advantage of marketers and planners and strategists and the like. So we we believe that instead of the MRF going out and devising a new segmentation tool that is meant to replace LSMs, and we then confuse the market as far as SEMs is concerned. You know, they, again, we'll have multiple tools in the market. We think it would be better 
it would be a better initiative for us all to get together and, and see if we can come up with a common segmentation tool. Yeah, um, I'd certainly... And I'd, yeah. that's, what we, that's what we're hoping to yeah. I'm certainly supportive of that. I mean, bearing in mind that of the 14 variables in the SEM9 come from LSMs anyway, I mean, I think we, we're further down that road of collaboration functionally than many people think. But, Doc, let me t- toss this one back at you. One of the big drivers of MAPS was branded information, which was something that the Marketing Association SA was really about. As a marketer, can you survive on segmentation tools without branded information? I think, Gordon, we, you know, through, through my career, and I mean, it's probably it may have changed a little bit now, but certainly we looked at multiple sources of data in us. So we had branded content. We used predominantly LSM that time, not not SEM, uh, and 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 a whole lot of other surveys. And the big thing to me was always the the reliability and you were speaking about validity of the source of the data. You know what I mean? So I would say to guys, and I'd always say, is this believable? And, and I mean, I made the point to, in one of our previous podcast guests, a lot of the time, perhaps good data was presented badly to me and uh, and my team. And so I'd often look at and say, but if, you, if you're not presenting and, you, and you're not defending your data well and, you, and your survey and your study and your sample size, well, then I don't know. You know what I mean? And so I relied quite heavily on, on our media company uh, and their insights to bring through this stuff. But I'd often use a portfolio view. We'd often look at multiple sources and say, listen, you know, to inform our thing. And I mean, we went, and I guess like a lot of companies, you know, you go the one way, the one year where we almost over-segmented the market. I mean, we had... 20 segments and it was just a mess and, you know and then it gets so narrow and you don't know and your piece of communication who you to, to i think at the end of the day we ended up with five segments uh, uh the last the last bit you know quite broad segments uh and and as i said but to get to that point it was a journey and you know it was uh it, it was certainly a robust discussion through that time using multiple d- data sources yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, one of the arts, the lost arts is, is sort of surrogate, you know, substitution segmentation. You know, if I don't have a piece of branded information, there are other ways I can I can describe that. I mean, we always uh, used an example in lectures of, of hose pipe, you know, there's no hose pipe. Do you have a hose pipe? Uh, was never included in AMPS, you know, right mm. from the beginning. But but there was a question which said, you know, gardening. Mm. So yeah. I could substitute, and I think that's still one of the tricks that, uh, you know, the data you have uh, on, on on brands will be extremely helpful. But it doesn't, even if the brand isn't there in the nth degree, yeah. doesn't invalidate the data. Um, Johan, just you know, coming back to a couple of points, uh, how do the guys uh, get hold of you? The listeners get hold of you because we'd like them to join the webinars. Those of you who are picking up this podcast nice and early, we will include a a link. Otherwise, Johanna, how they can get hold of you on the on the MRF website? Um, can you give us that website again? Yes, of course. Um, the The website is mrfsa.co.za, uh, or they can uh, obviously give us uh, shoot us an email at mrf at mrfsa.co.za, and we can send them the link if they want to join. If they haven't received an invite yet, like I said, everyone is invited. Anyone is welcome to join. So we're happy to share share those details with them when they get in contact. And I think the key point here as well, again, just to re-emphasize, we're not talking about new currencies here. We're talking about that central body of information, the currencies, the RAMs, the TAMs, the PAMs, all those things remain in place. So I, I guess to a degree the challenge is whether I'm using MAPS or the Fusion study or any one of the studies that are out of there, um, finding a common grappling hook that I can move from the one 
uh, let's let's talk maps at this point because that's what we're on. I find the grappling hooks from that and then move across into my television or my radio currency. That that's got to be the key thing. Um, the the challenge again, Doc, back at you is is substitution of media target marketing. So I might have light, medium, and heavy consumption for a brand. Let's call it a chocolate brand. But if I'm buying radio or out of home or or, or reading platforms or listing platforms, whatever the case may be, in the currencies, that data doesn't exist. So you, one way or the other, you have to use substitution target markets anyway. I mean, is there some magical academic insight that you can dig out of your your phd Gordon, there for us Gordon, you the you're the marketing guru and just to remind you i did my phd in general business with especially uh, specialization in organizational culture so i certainly didn't look at, at, at data but absolutely you know and as i said before you know and i guess as we've said through the the show over the last 60 odd episodes the theme has been the same for marketers to be part of the conversation, to get a hold of Johan and his team. If you if you pick it up early enough to be part of the webinar, if not, go onto the site and and be part of it and learn about you know a whole lot of stuff. So I'm not going to tell you I have the silver bullet because uh, I don't. But uh, yeah, I guess as any marketer, it's a continual journey. And Gordon, one of the themes, if there's been one constant you and I've spoken about, is continuous learning, is is education, is is improvement. And I think here's another example of a new piece of data. And I've always been a big advocate of not data for the sake of it you know I, I i hated collecting data for the sake of feeling better about it and then not using it so for me a big part is usability is making sure that from the media guys the strategists my team we understood why we were doing it uh, and then using that data mm. correctly and it's got to be I, I must have believed it uh to then actually uh, apply it because I, I was the guy defending it you know in the in the boardroom uh and not certainly not the research house yeah, Johan, I'm going to lob this next question at you as we begin the wrap-up here. Uh, I mean, nothing would incentivize me more uh, to get my hands on branded data than the knowledge that my competitor had information I didn't have. So the ship hasn't sailed, Johan. I mean, if I was somebody who wasn't an initial investor in the process, um, that ship hasn't sailed. How do I get involved now? If I'm, if I'm a, a branded marketer, um, I haven't you know, contributed to PAMS, how do I go so I can get into it, um, you know, going forward? Well, Gordon, as I said, the MAPS is a, is a subscri subscription-based um, model. So, the, you know, any, any advertiser or, or branded marketer, they're welcome to, to get in, in touch with us. Of course, we, we regularly send out uh, newsletters and information and to as many um, of these organizations as we have on our, on our database. But they're always welcome to get in touch with us and, and we you know we will engage with them in terms of that and the pricing and, and how they how they then get on okay get involved. cool so there's a late entry pricing they can get in it's not like the, the, the door has been closed on anybody at this stage not at all no no it's a, i mean it's a continuous process process and subscription okay. and the, you know we hope that that will be around for many many years to come so uh, subscriptions should also be then you know Kind of be around for many years to come and we we, we would uh, welcome any new participants and, and new subscribers joining the fold well i for one am looking forward to get my grubby little fingers on the data to play with it so uh i hope everybody else out there uh, is feeling the same way i mean i think as many lenses you know multi-lens approach has got to be in the best interest of everybody and as we progressively move in this new kind of 
collaborative mindset. I'm looking forward to, to finding the common way forward. The more common denominators we have, like segmentation, the better the collective value of the day, all the various data sets um, will be for us. So, Jan, really appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks uh, for joining us today and uh, for all your hard work over the last couple of years to bring this to fruition. And you, not just you, your team, they know who they are. Some have been there for the journey. Uh, Virginia Hollis, who uh, I think is still in the chair of the MRF, if I'm not mistaken, and Celia Collins. A lot of people have played a role. So to all of those guys, thank you for your hard work. And I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Doc? Yeah, thanks, uh, Johan, from my side, just as we close out. Thanks again uh, for that to our listeners out there. Again, as always, please try. If, if, you've, if it's timeiest, uh, you can get onto the webinar. If not, go onto the site and download and look and be part of the conversation. And again, you know, from our side, uh, we look forward to catching you next week. Gordon, I'll catch you then. Yep, just ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.